Here's the snap back. Here's the kick. He's got the leg into it. If it is good, and it is! Austin Stars! A 49-yard field goal! And Indiana leads 27 to 24! Austin Indorak wants to throw it. Rolling out of the pocket to a strong hand. Delivers deep down the field. Welcome to the 2020 Season in Review. This is the LEO Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bragg. You can follow me on Twitter at Braggley, B-R-A-G-G-L-E-Y. I'm here with my co-host, Brandon. You can find him on Twitter at Brandon Dubich. That's Brandon spelled traditionally. Dubich, D-U-B-I-C-H. What's up, Brando? I can't wait to piss off all the olds and talk about how this is the greatest IU team ever. Yeah, all the olds. I hope one of the four people that subscribes or listens <laughs> to us is one of the olds. Um, but uh, yeah, for sure. Let's talk about the season, man. Like, what a shit year, but what a great season. Um, six and two, finished uh, 12th in the AP, 13th in the coaches. I guess you can say we finished 11th in the college football playoff rankings because they don't do another one after we lose. So, um, wins uh penn state rutgers michigan michigan state maryland wisconsin and then our losses are combined 13 points at the national runner-up and against the uh old miss race i mean rebels to to, to be fair we played ohio state in columbus and we played an sec team in the south you know next time bring that sec team up to the north and uh play on our home turf that's why we lost yeah that's that's, that's, that's why we lost we played it in the south like we we had to play an away game it's not fair where where would we go we'd have to go to like the pinstripe bowl again or no i guess we could play them in like the pop or the little caesars bowl or whatever that thing's called now in detroit no i mean i'm just so happy like remember when the big 10 didn't want us to have a season like that almost what that's what makes us almost so much bittersweet is we almost never got this story. Like if it wasn't for the ACC and the SEC not giving a flying buck about the global pandemic, we would have never got to see the Indiana football Hoosiers break a million records and become a national storyline. So, um, you know, I say a little bit in jest of the greatest team. Uh, IU football's ever had, but I absolutely mean that like so many times we say we're unlucky. We're lucky that we had a season and this was probably the most, one of the most enjoyable, regardless of level, whether it's, uh, you know, my Steelers or Penguins or, or whatever, this was one of the most enjoyable seasons of sporting I ever had um, to watch. Yeah. And I think we've talked about it on multiple pods in the past about how this isn't, I don't think this is a one and done. This isn't some fluke season that happens. Um, you know, you add in the non-conference and the non-con this year was pretty easy. So you're looking at a nine and did we play one, two, three, four, five, six, and we only played seven. So, but if we would have played Purdue, I'm assuming we win that. And then one other one, maybe Minnesota who had down year this year too. I mean, you're still talking 11 wins. I think 
10 wins, 11 wins, 11 and 11 one? wins. Yeah. Yeah. The two oh, big team goodness. games that got canceled. Uh, well, they, they wouldn't have done the, the extra big 10 games. So four no. games got canceled, but you still so, had 12, 12 regular season games, three non-conference and one more big 10 game, which would have been Minnesota, I think. And then Purdue. Yeah. So there we go. 11. It, again, if the nat, if the narrative is 11 and two, I think this is no doubt the best season. Well, we would have been 11 and one. And do you think we still would have gone into the Outback Bowl at 11 and one? No, they wouldn't have put us against Old Miss. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Um. So no, but I don't even care, man. Uh. You know, all of that aside, we beat you know, we beat Penn State, but we haven't beat Michigan. You know. Um, the, the win in Wisconsin, in my opinion, was the most impressive win, especially given Tuttle's performance in the Outback Bowl. Um, you know, just so many records, so many unprecedented things. God, this season was just a fucking blast. Yeah, it was. And you started off by talking about how this is possibly the greatest IU team ever. Let's go over why we think. It could be the greatest IU team ever. It's the first time we've ever beaten the big three. I'm not going to say big four. I don't think there is a big four in the East. I don't think Michigan State should ever be part of a big four of anything unless it's like basketball in early March. Okay. But that's about it. Uh, Highest rankings. Is it ever? Ever yeah. in the AP mm-hmm. and coaches? And obviously yep. the college football playoff, you know, national coach of the year and one of the awards unanimous big 10 coach of the year both of those awards and then two third third team all americans um debatable third team for micah but we'll take it what do you think uh yeah i mean single digit rankings for iu football consider those things i never thought i would ever say i did not believe i mean you would have had to tell me that's in a video game um not real life in single digit rankings. It's just, it's unfathomable. Um, now wins over the big three teams have bad seasons. And you know, I think that, I think that could have happened. Um, but you know, the, the reason we had potentially the greatest team ever is because of the coach. Um, you know, we we're obviously the LEO podcast. Um, we're, we're obviously very big backers of, of CTA. Um, and you know, we go as he goes. So I, and how can you not love the guy? Yeah. Yeah. Love each other, man. You got, you have to love him. Have to. So, um, yeah, you know, I said big three earlier. I mean, obviously we didn't beat Ohio state, but we did beat all can, I'll throw Wisconsin in since they're like the only big one in the West. Um, maybe Iowa, but there's nobody else any good. In the what West. was your most impressive win? <sighs> this is going to sound funny. Um, my most impressive, I think it was Maryland at home, to be honest with you. And I'll tell you why. Because Penix had a god-awful game. Like, like he Six was, of 16 when he went down. Seven of 19. Like, it was really bad. Yeah, he was terrible. And then, I'm not saying Maryland's like some, you know, incredible team. But that's a team that can put up a lot of points. And, and historically, that's the letdown game that IU football has happened. I mean, how many times, you know, what, what, was, what was it, Minnesota last year? You know, I mean, you can go through the you can through the go through the record over the years and be like, you know, well, we didn't go to a bowl because we lost the bowling green 
oh, we didn't go to a bowl because we lost the Navy. You know, we IU football always has that one loss that you're just like, damn it, man. You know, like, and, and that Maryland game had every makings of it could be that game with Penix's play, Penix's injury. Um, like you mentioned, the, the ability they they have to create home run plays. But Tom Allen's different. That's right. Yeah, and that Bowling Green game hits a little close to home, man. I was there. So um, <laughs> to lose to Bowling Green with Tevin Coleman, Nate Sudfeld, Cody Latimer, touchdown Teddy, like that's just embarrassing. Um, speaking of players, let's uh, let's do this, man. Let's get into it deep. I'll let you start. Let's do players of the year yeah. um, on each side of the ball, and then we'll do um, – Special teams or a coach. If you want to pick a coach, you can pick a coach. I'll let you start on offense. Who's your player of the year? Uh, I'm I'm really happy you let me go first um, because, dude, it's so freaking obvious. It's it's Michael Penix, right? Like uh, he's by far again. He plays the most important position on the field. There was no more apparent um, offensive play on the field when he left than when he came back off. I mean, you're saying players of the year. I, I read this as most valuable. He was clearly the most valuable. You know, Stevie's important. Ty Fry's important. Um, there's players on the line of scrimmage are important. But, you know, he was by far the most valuable. And he showed that um, when it unfortunately became Tuttle time. Unfortunately, you can't say unfortunate and Tuttle time. You can just say time for Jack Tuttle to come because Tuttle time is at Wisconsin. Jack Tuttle playing with a separated shoulder is is uh, a loss to a, a shit. I SEC love how you team. stick to your guns, kid. <laughs> stick to your guns and don't ever change. Become a Karen on Facebook. <laughs> but uh, so you took you took one of my two. So I made sure I picked a second one just in case you. I had two up. as well. I had two as well. So my other one's Ty Fry, um, and the kid's been a pretty consistent wide receiver his uh he's really only seen the field his sophomore junior and senior year now um but he hasn't been great this year he's been great this year with with Penix again he was great I mean the first wide receiver ever to go over 200 yards in two consecutive games ever in Big Ten history Big Ten wide receiver of the year third team all-american which we mentioned earlier the best news of everything the kid's coming back for oh. some for some reason. Um, uh, so, I mean, it would be nice if other players would come back that we would uh, have already touched on and maybe touch on here uh, coming up. But uh, that's mine. I mean, it, it's two pretty easy, um, low-hanging fruits to pick from. Um, and I think we picked them both. There, there could have been other guys at the season going, you know, in, in a different direction. You know, I don't think we have another running back that could have replaced Stevie. Um, just unfortunately, Penix and Ty Fry had better seasons than Stevie, but I think he, he's a hard guy to replace. Um, we'll talk of that in, in future pods. Um, so he, he was he he was my other one. Um, I didn't have Ty Fry in there because you know I thought um, in games he didn't play. We had other wide receivers step up. So my other guy would have would have went if you went Penix, I was going to go Stevie. Yeah, I think we have differing opinions on Stevie Scott. I love Stevie Scott, but I don't think he's. I think we'll be fine 
next year. I don't think that's going to yeah. be a problem. So does this mean you get to go first on defense then? <laughs> I think my defensive one's pretty easy. I think everybody that listens all. I don't what know I who say, you're going to go. It, it's going to be, be between two guys, and I honestly don't know who you pick. I'll tell you who my two guys are after you pick your second one. But on defense, I even put duh next to the uh, bullet point. Uh, Jamar Johnson is yeah. my player of the year on defense. Um, he led the, the team in interceptions, forced fumbles, and second in tackles behind Micah, and very close um, second behind in tackles too. The kid's just, uh, I'm going to miss him, man. He's a playmaker and hopefully he can translate into the, uh, the next level next year and on Sundays. Um, and hopefully for a team that I don't hate like, uh, anybody really from the AFC North. So, um, so that kid is my defensive player of the year. Let's hear who yours is. I think I've got a good idea who it's going to be. So, yeah. So, so for me, it was, it, I took this as MVP. So it, in the same vein of Michael Penix in my, in my mind, it's the most important position on, on a four, two, five. And that's the position Micah McFadden plays. Um, you know, so I, I think the defense goes as he goes and, and not so much on a stat, but on a leadership. I mean, that, that, that guy, literally his IQ, his passion, his leadership. He's everything you want in a guy running it in the middle. Um, he's absolutely a piece that while you might be able to find somebody more talented than him, than I think some of the guys behind him are, it's those intangibles that make Micah McFadden in my mind, the defensive MVP. And when you put this outline together, that's how I read this segment um, was the MVP on each side of the ball. And, and for, for me, Micah McFadden, what is a no doubt unanimous decision. Yeah. That's not who my second one was. I tried to stay. See, you always gave me so much shit from other pods for always picking the easy ones. So I thought about, so, so, so I stole that from you. How does it feel? How does it feel for your, <laughs> uh, the other person to just take the layups? Yeah. Right. It felt like, uh, what Purdue was doing to Archie Miller oh, um, the other day. Damn. So, um, so, so easy layups out of under uh this isn't a basketball pod. no it's not we'll we'll leave that to those crazy people but um so my other one was taiwan mullen and i'll tell you why the reason you're not going to see his stats jump off the page the reason that you're not going to see you know a whole bunch of highlights for him is because that dude is an island man like he is I've said it before. It's Mullen Island out there. It's Rebus Island, you know, two or 3.0, whatever one was after the Jets. Um, but the kid's a first-team football writers association All-American, but he's not an All-American in anybody else's team. Nobody. Not even an All-Big Ten team. Um, or wait, was he maybe a second or third team All-Big Ten? But the kid doesn't get any, any press because they don't throw the ball to it. They can't throw the ball to his side of the field. Um, so I, that's why I was looking so forward to seeing him against David Bell again um, or, or Rondell, whoever he went up against, because I mean, this kid is, this kid's a special talent and I hope that we can pull his brother in too. So, yeah. So here I have Taiwan Mullen on here too, but for, for a kind of a different reason that what you're saying right now, um, and, I, and we're going to go into this a little bit more um, when we talk about that, you know, this possibly being the greatest IU team ever. You know, when, when we're thinking about this, 
2020 season a decade from now when you and I have our own show on on serious radio and we can reflect how we started you know with the leo podcast Taiwan Mullen's still going to be playing football in the NFL um, you know, you know, when our kids are super getting into NFL and they're around 10, 12 years old, they're going to still be able to get a Taiwan Mullen, um, NFL Jersey. You know, you and I are still going to be watching him play on Sundays as much as I love Jamar Johnson and Micah and Penix. Um, and those guys might have, you know, solid NFL careers. I think Taiwan Mullen has the chance to be a perennial pro bowler. That's the type of skill he has. So I, I don't think he necessarily was a player of the year or an MVP for that defense, but he is by far the most talented. And again, I, he is just going to have such a great career. Uh, he's just a good, talented kid. And, you know, in, in some of the veins, how, you know, a little bit more on the basketball side than the football side, but I think he's going to be such an endorsement for IU football. He, he was as a high schooler. He is as a college player. And I think he's going to continue that into his NFL career. I think he's going to be a great ambassador for Tom Allen and, and Indiana. Yeah. And as I said, if we can pull his brother, um, you know, a higher ranked recruit coming out of high school, higher ranked than both of his older brothers. So I mean, that is what that is. It doesn't really matter, but still, if we can keep that Mullen name in there, if he's anything like his, like Taiwan, then we'll be set for another, you know, six years down the road. So, um, Let's move on to a uh, special team slash coach who you got. So I, I'm not going to take the layup on this one. Um, you know, as much as I, I feel like I bring up Hayden Whitehead uh, every, every podcast, he's not, he's not the one I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with a coach um, because there was such speculation um, when coach DeBauer left last year and play calling, you know, did, could share it, you know, internal hire have never done it before thought we could go out and get a splashy name like we did, I think, this year with defense. Uh, I think Nick Sheridan, you know, he obviously had a lot to play with with Michael Penick, but I thought he did just an absolutely wonderful job. And we've lived um, in a situation where we had a awful uh, – God, I forget who – the board. Remember when we had the board? We had, we had some serious NFL talent. Uh, well, not NFL, but we, we had some good talent. And DeBoer just was absolutely incapable. And I think a lot of people kind of had that expectation for Sheridan because um, Sheridan was around with DeBoer. Um, and I think he came in and just impressed so much, um, kept things fresh, kept things new, put players in the right positions. So I'm not going to take the layup and take Tom Allen or, you know, the other special teams player. Um, so I, I'm going a little bit of a wild card and, and saying our ne- our season is drastically different if we botch the offensive coordinator position. And, and it turned out that we didn't. So that's, that's my other pick, actually. Um, I've got another one on special teams. That's not the layup that you thought it was going to be, but back to Sheridan real quick. Um, you know, I totally agree uh, with him coming in, you know, having the injuries that we had, you know, we had a slight drop in overall offense that I looked up. But again, without having those cakewalk, non-conference schedule. Yeah, you, you, you didn't have the padding of the stats. And yeah. he, he didn't get the offseason to put his playbook in. That's what makes what he did so much more impressive. And again, so since you didn't take it, I'll take it. I mean, Chucky Campbell, if we're talking about, um, you know, uh, special teams guy, he, he's incredible. And he has a chance to play on Sundays. Uh, but 
again, that's why I think new coordinator who hasn't done it before without an off season, the offense he was able to put on against the likes of Michigan and Ohio state. Um, I think we're just wonderful game plans. You know, I, I think, I think with a bad offensive coordinator, there's no way in hell we beat Wisconsin. No. So, uh, you know, I can't wait until Nick Sheridan is, is the, the next IU coach who gets plucked by a, um, by a team to be a head coach. Yeah. Do you think when he was a GA at Tennessee that he was stuffing McDonald's bags full of cash or no? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, uh, God. What a, what a just absolutely shit show is that Tennessee program. Yeah, it couldn't have happened to a worse program. I mean, uh, uh, <clears throat> never mind. Let's move on. So, yeah. My other... Good old Rocky Top. Oh, God. Rocky still gives Top me nightmares, Tennessee. Man. Still gives me nightmares. Uh, <laughs> just to hear the entire, like, what felt like, it had to have been two hundred thousand people singing. Could give us more than a, give us more recruits, uh, Tennessee, because it clearly worked out with uh, Big Dick with Penix. Yep, that's right. So yeah, let's go talk about who my pick's going to be, and that's Chuck. Yep. Well, Chucky Campbell, man, ten of eleven yep. on field goals, twenty-five of twenty-five from the extra point spot. But here's the most impressive thing. I mean, this kid, this first year full-time kicker. Um, other than pretty much single-handedly beating Purdue or helping beat Purdue at the end of last year, he, he didn't really do too much. Um, but this year he comes in, he's three for three from 50 plus, including, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, the school record 53 yarder. Is that a school record? Sounds right. Uh, you're the fact checker. I'm normally the one that just talks out my ass. So uh, I'll let I'll let you go ahead and uh, and verify that fact. Uh, I've called him a weapon, which is exactly what he is. Um, it just shows the again. I've said this before on on other podcasts. It just shows the commitment to the other intangibles that Tom Allen focuses on that other other coaches don't. You brought up a great point. How many times does Alabama not have a kicker? You know, how many times does some of these other programs absolutely not have a guy that can kick it past 40 yards? Um, you know, it, Tom Allen continues. Again, IU has a pretty long history of kickers. Um, Austin Starr against Purdue uh, seems to be one um, that comes up to mind, but that, that we may have played in the intro a few times. But yeah, dude, he's, He's a weapon. Kickers don't leave early. He's going to be around for a couple more seasons. And he, he's I, a Brandon guarantee. He wins us three more games in his career before before he hangs it up. He has three more game winners. Is that going to be a new a new special section? The Brandon guarantee of the week? Oh, sure. Hopefully it's not. It's not. It's like our show. Bats. We can do what we want. That's true. Know? That's true. Uh, by the way, Griffin Oaks owns the uh, longest field goal kick in school history that's 58 yards i was there it was against maryland i was there but so i should have remembered that but um anyway we've got a defensive coordinator to talk about or possible defensive coordinator it's not official yet but before we do that let's talk about our sponsor our sponsor is the moan on track club uh today's episode is sponsored by the moan on track club moan on track club is Indiana's running brand built on a deep love for the sport in the Hoosier State. They craft products, tell stories, and create experiences that aim to celebrate, support, and add to Indiana's running culture. They have six shirts, hoodies, stickers. You guys need to go out, check out the website, show your Indiana pride. 
support a small, well, he's not small. He's not big, but he's not small, but it's a small business owned by an IU alumni. And as a thank you to our listeners, uh, they're going to offer 10% off your purchase. So go to uh, monontrackclub.com, use the code LEO10, that's LEO10 at checkout. Check out the show notes for the link. And now let's uh, get back to the show. We were talking about the uh, possible DC. Yes, dude. I love this. I, I absolutely, there, there's not an aspect of this. I don't like um, it fits the mold of what we want. It's, it's a younger guy who, you know, has been of places of note before. Um, and we, we've, we've struck gold on that on both sides of the field. And the thing that I love the most is where he's, where he's been, what, what programs he's been at and where he recruits, you know, I went on a long tangent, a couple podcasts going, say, look what Tom Allen can do with high level two stars and three stars. Can you imagine what Tom can do with high level three stars, four stars and got, you know, maybe we will finally get our first five star. Um, I think that's, I think recruiting was almost the sole reason why we brought this guy in. And I think it was absolutely the right play. Yeah, I, I agree too. And so since I'm Mr. Uh, Mr. Fact Checker, I did some fact checking on this guy. I wanted to see how he was as a DC. Um, first off, he's a vet. He's an Air Force veteran. He played two years there, two or three years, and then he did uh, his six years of service. So he became the DC there in 2008 at Air Force and was there until 2013 when he took over they were awful um, before they took over. They were somewhere in the 110s. He put them in the top 50 in scoring defense all of the five years that he was there. Um, and then the year that he left, they dropped to 118. So um, I don't know a whole lot about the actual defense that he runs. Um, I try not to put too much stock into that kind of setup at a school like Air Force. Um, I'm in no way, shape, or form saying that IU football is above Air Force football at all. Um, but we should. History would say we're not. No. Oh, history would say we're above nobody in football, <laughs> technically, in uh, wins. Although we may have jumped Wake Forest this year. I don't know. I don't know how much more we have to go. But um, See, that's what I mean. I didn't mean to like call you like the nerdy stat geek. I meant to say listeners should believe 100% of what you say because you don't talk out your ass. Me, eh, 60 to 70% you should probably take. 30 to 40, I might be making it up. Switch those around. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, you touched on um, kind of his recruiting and all that stuff. You know, he was at Nebraska, North Carolina, Tennessee, Florida, and Georgia now. Um, and then he's going to come up to... Uh, to Bloomington. So hopefully we can translate what he's learned at those other programs. Um, maybe not at Tennessee or Nebraska, but what he's learned at North Carolina, Florida, and Georgia would be nice to um, bring into our program and kind of, well, yeah, the thing I think about all, all five of those is they're not upstart programs. You know, they almost any coach in the nation would want to go coach at one of those schools. Right. So you must either be very impressive internally or have intangibles externally and probably a mixture of both if you wind up on a staff 
at any of those schools. Um, so, you know, that, that's just a, an A++ resume that we're getting in an area that we build our team around. I, I, again, I didn't know this guy, um, but it, I, I couldn't imagine any other, anyone else we could have gotten that could have been better. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I was kind of leaning towards uh, Lane's brother. I think that's more of just a name hire. It's, but- it's not. The, the benefit of that would have been he was coming from the NFL. And, and you can sell because, I mean, that's how we're selling our strength coach, right? Like he worked with this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy in, in the NFL. Um, so, I mean, we, we, there was definitely that NFL hook that we could have gotten um, with an NFL guy. But, you know, I also think that that wasn't realistic. Um, I think, I think Warren, Coach Warren, um, was realistic and it obviously, obviously happened. What, what do you think a nickname he gets is? Cause you know, you know, Coach Kane Womack, you know, everyone called it, you know, um, you know, I, Coach Warren doesn't really go. I, I'm, I'll look forward to what the, uh, the, the rabid IU fan base just kidding, um, gives him for a nickname. Cause it seems like every single one of our coaches has some kind of goofy nickname. Ch- Chucky dubs. Chucky War- D- See, that's what we got you in here for. Warren <laughs> there C. There we go. Chucky Warren- Dubs. No, done. We're it's already over. What about it's- Warren C? <laughs> what about Warren C? Uh, no, Chucky Dubs. Warren G. That's it. Come Hang on. it up. Hang it up. Warren comma C. Um, all right. So speaking of of uh wrapping it up, let's get to uh some questions or do you just have questions for me what is I, this I do i mean it's, uh, especially considering um you know the the a coaching vacancy does running back coach matter i listened to our pod last week and i kind of went into this tangent about how losing mike hart's important is it i no. mean he, he obviously brought in some recruits did i did i overreact on losing mike hart and does that does that hire matter at all no it doesn't matter yeah. doesn't matter that's, at all. that's no. what i thought after hearing how you know stupid i sounded last i time. haven't even seen any candidates i'm assuming something internal probably i but again i don't know i don't know if we have any gas um that we could pull up i know one of the gas is danny friend former see, tight end but i don't see think i think you said somebody. i think it doesn't matter I, I think i made a mountain uh out of a molehill and you know our or our coordinators and tom allen can probably replicate um, the recruiting success in my car. Yeah. You could just move Nick Sheridan. I mean, Nick, Nick Sheridan can be the OC and the running backs coach or something. Yeah. It doesn't, I don't think it really matters. So my, my next question, that, that was the easy one. Now this is a little bit tougher of a question for you. Uh, Mike, what does, cause again, this is a season in review pod. What does IU have to do next year to beat this? I think you and I are both saying um, that, you know, this, this is the most, the, you know, the best IU season ever. What does it have to be next year to surpass it? Is it big 10 championship game? Is it winning a new year's six bowl? Is it? Cause I, I don't think, I don't think we probably go 11 and two next year. Like is, is an, is a nine and four season is an eight and five season better than this one. If we win win a better bowl, like, what does that mean? I just, I think just winning a bowl game. Now that you said that, I was going to say, I was going to go say and say, let's, let's win 
let's win at you know I, if the schedule stays the same let's take a look at it real quick um if the schedule stays the same and i don't want to sit here and do this this pod yet um because we start at at iowa yeah, we, yeah we, don't, we don't need to do a schedule breakdown. If you're saying getting over the bull hump will make it better than this year, I disagree. I think the milestones we hit of who we beat getting into single-digit di- rankings, I think the only way – I think I see two scenarios. Two scenarios this season is better than this, this one that we just happened. Either A, we beat Ohio State. That was the other B, one. Or B – we get into the Big Ten Championship. You know, some kind of three-way tie between us, Penn State, and Ohio State. And I think if you opponent. beat Ohio State, if, if, the, if the first one happens, you're sitting pretty for getting into the Big Ten Championship. That's, that's the hurdle. I mean, I yeah. think Michigan – I don't know if Michigan has a bounce-back year or not. I don't know if Penn State roll has that a bounce-back year or yeah, not. That, that, that five-star quarterback that they brought in, he's bad. Dude can't, can't dude can't throw the ball. I can't kind of imagine. integral to the position. Yeah. Play. You would think I can't imagine that they just, they just extended Harbaugh for, you know, another year of this, of what just happened. Um, six so, year extension. I'm getting from our producer, six year extension. Unbelievable. Yeah unbelievable and yet we still haven't extended i mean that that was strictly to keep the recruits i i think michigan has so recruits, much money though, that that, like, that 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 was simply so teams can't negative recruit um you know at, when you're at that level you have the negative recruiting as much as you have the positive recruiting for yourself so i i think that uh that that harbaugh extension uh, was a facade um it, it you know michigan has enough alumni and booster money to cut them out immediately so. Yeah, or to uh, keep the recruits. Um, so, yeah, I think either beating Ohio State or winning, just winning a bowl game would be nice. So that would knock off one of the three um, numbers that Allen wrote down when he walked in, which were the last time we won. Was it last time we won the Big Ten? Last time we won a bowl game? I can't remember what the other one was, but it would knock off one of them for sure. Yeah, no, no, for sure. Uh, I don't, I don't think winning a bowl is enough, um, but it, it will certainly cross off one of those things that Tom Hallen has on his to-do list. Again, it's going to be tough to surpass this year. I don't think it's set, you know, set in for fans yet. Um, just, just how important uh, and impactful this season was. Yeah. Yep. What's the next question? Did you have three? last last question? And this isn't, I think we'll be asking this every year. We, you know, in our season review for the next half a decade with the state of Indiana basketball, could Indiana football surpass Indiana basketball with the state of the programs, especially with the younger generation? With man, I don't. I texted you this the other day. I don't know what kind of grip Archie Miller has on the students that are there. I don't understand it. I have no idea. Um, but my brother is obsessed with this dude, man, and his friends are obsessed with this guy. Like I, I don't, 
understand it. You know me, like the, I'm the, not. The, the program, in my opinion, the, the programs couldn't be on different trajectories. No, no. Um, you There's know, I mean, it, it's almost like it's almost a, like a roller coaster basketball. where you know, uh, basketball is just on a death spiral, and the IU program is just that slow moving kink. Again, because we didn't we didn't get to the Big Ten championship this year. We didn't win the bowl game. We didn't finish in the top ten. So it's not like we're going zero to sixty up that uh, roller coaster ramp. Tom Allen's building a steady incline, you know, um, and, and that's what just kind of got me thinking that it, it's not going to happen this year. It's not going to happen next year. But there there seems to be a very uh, bright light at the end of the tunnel for IU football it's complete darkness on the other side of the, of, of, you know, of that program. So um, again, that's why I mentioned, I think we'll be talking about this at the end of every, you know, IU football season. Um, But yeah, it's just something to keep in mind, um, especially for, uh, you know, the younger fans. Um, Yeah. And I think that they're on board, man. I think that we've seen it. Look at the last two years. There's a reason again. And, and, this isn't what this podcast is about, but you know, IU football social media does such a good job showing how many impressions, you know, we've made on Twitter, how many interactions IU football, I think was the seventh or eighth most popular program in Twitter interactions this year. That means something to nowadays fans, you know, that, that seriously means something. And again, it's not going to be more popular this year. It's probably not going to be more popular in five years. Um, but if Tom Allen can turn us into, you know, a, a Michigan state, if not greater, I think, I think we could see that transition sometime over the next decade. Again, when we're on serious radio talking to thousands and not singular amount of people. I think it'll be that, or whenever the, uh, the banners just like, you know, you know, just uh, deteriorate <laughs> and eventually fall down. So um, greatest March Madness team ever, man. <laughs> That's right. We have to take up an entire side of the, the arena for that banner. Um, just, just, self, just wait till we hang a Big Ten championship. Just, just wait till we hang a Big Ten championship with, with Tom Allen. That, that's another. I'm getting a little greedy. Listeners are getting two Brandon guarantees. Um, you know, we, we hang a oh, IU yes. football Big Ten championship before we hang a basketball national championship. I agree. Can we stop talking about basketball? Now I've got to put this in like the the comments and stuff. And now I'm going to get all the crazies. They're going to look up Indiana and basketball. They're going to find the podcast and start listening. All right. All right. All right. That's all, all I right. got. That's all yeah. I got. All right. Next pod. Um, we did not talk about any of this, but uh, maybe we'll look at the schedule for next year um, and kind of dive into that a little bit. Or maybe we'll dive into um, individual breakdowns of uh, incoming recruits. Um, no, I, I think super I think we should, boring actually. So maybe yeah, we should I, get into the schedule. Yeah, I, we could get into the schedule. I, I don't know how good that will be because I just nothing's locked in stone. The schedule could change three more times. I'd almost now we almost know who's going to be on the roster and who's not going to be on the roster. Like maybe we look at a a way advanced depth chart. Um, depth chart talk. Depth chart talk. Yeah, that's, that's right. DCT. Uh, yeah, Sounds, DCT. That Dude, was look for at the, you with, uh, with Chucky Dubs and DZT. I love that's what it. I do, man. Webitard show guy, Chris, Ugh. big big Chris Cody fan. Gross. That's what he does. Gross. So, uh, shout out Chris Cody at Chris Cody on Twitter. I think C O T E. Um, 
Yeah, and that's it, dude. So let's uh, let's wrap it up. I'll talk to you later. Uh, as always, man. Elio. 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 Awesome day. Elio. Thank you so much, Rick. I appreciate that. Elio. All right. Great. Elio. Appreciate you guys. Elio. You're welcome, Dave. Have a great day. Elio. Have a great day. Elio. Appreciate you being here with us. Have an awesome day. And Elio. Oh, thank you so much. Elio. Well, thanks so much. Elio. Hey, thanks so much, Mike. Appreciate that. Elio. Appreciate you guys, man. Have an awesome day. Elio. Awesome. Elio. Elio.